0: Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh my God. Times have changed. There are no rules.
1: You're going to love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Baum, joined every week by Ali Herbert, Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, what are the two great TV shows we're going to talk about today?
0: John, today we're talking about The Holiday and The Rehearsal, two new series that have dropped on Binge. And I know you said every week you're joined by me, but I must thank you and Dan for covering for me last week because I did actually lose my voice and it took me losing my voice with this crazy flu that's been going around to keep me away. But I did enjoy listening to your and Dan's episode last week and some of the cool new shows that are on Binge. But this week... We're talking about the holiday, because everyone seems to be on one at the moment, and the rehearsal.
1: Awesome. Well, great to have you back, Ali. Let's head to the weird mind of Nathan Fielder with the rehearsal. I've been told my personality can make people uncomfortable. Hey. Hey. How to make love all night. Oh, well, you know, I think we're (laughs) going to get along pretty well. (laughs) But I've learned that if you plan for every variable, a happy outcome doesn't have to be left to chance. This conversation's going pretty well. Yes. So that's no accident. Nathan For You's Nathan Fielder returns to television in an ambitious new comedy series that mixes reality and fiction to explore our anxieties, and whether life could improve if we were given an elaborate dress rehearsal. alley. to no surprise, I think this might be like the best thing I've watched this year.
0: Oh, John, I'm glad you said that. When I was watching it, I was thinking of you and just imagining if you could hug the TV, you probably were. I remember um, when we were both at Stan many years ago, buying Nathan For You from Comedy Central and, and you loving that show. And how good to have yeah Nathan Fielder back. But this show is so interesting because... Nathan himself is a writer and a comedian and he is making the show, is in the show as he often is, but it's just an insight into the way his brain works and the brains of people that are nervous or a bit more introverted and just the way he delves into decision making and people that are maybe nervous about something and shows them a different path through. So should we maybe explain the show premise a bit? Cause what I just said probably sounds a bit confusing.
1: The show premise itself is a little confusing, but I also think you've like hit the nail on the head in that the theme of the show, I think is like maybe anxiety, but <laughs> <laughs> let's <Lex> maybe <laughs> explain what the show is about. So it is called the rehearsal. If you've ever watched Nathan for you, it is kind of in that universe. If you've not watched Nathan for you, that's fine. We'll explain what we're talking about. So basically, Nathan Fielder is this comedian who sort of plays a heightened version of himself interacting with real people in the world. And in the rehearsal, he is finding these real life people who basically want to rehearse for a moment in their life. So whether it's confronting a friend about a lie or whether or not to have a child, he gives these people these very elaborate opportunities to rehearse that moment. And by elaborate, I mean like crazy elaborate, building houses, reconstructing pubs in studios. So that like everyone, a set, doesn't he? Like so that completely everything's creating a planned. Set. Yeah. yeah, so that these really ordinary people, and again, to your point, I think what's interesting is you don't see people that are quite like this on television all the time. I don't mean ordinary in a bad way. I just mean ordinary as in not the kind of people you'd normally see on reality TV or a sitcom or whatever. Just
0: Yeah, or maybe it's people often have a problem that isn't a headline, juicy, gossipy problem. It's a very everyday problem you know someone's having a beef with their brother over
1: some inheritance
0: some inheritance you know maybe not life-changing amounts but it's kind of the sense of principle and you just tapping into a dynamic that you might see between brothers or in a normal kind of family situation. Another one is quite a shy guy who, um, yeah, he's kind of accidentally told a lie to his friends and it just
1: Has sort of spirals going
0: on and he feels really uncomfortable. Yeah, and he's quite shy, isn't he? And, and very intelligent. This friend of his is quite bolshy and he just doesn't know how she's going to be. And he's almost scared and intimidated to tell her. He needs the rehearsal down to the every detail so he's not off his game and so that the night can be planned perfectly. So I do like that he's he's often dealing with people that are a bit more introverted, a bit quieter, people that maybe aren't good on their feet if a conversation that has conflict in it doesn't go well. It's almost like the art of the negotiation, but instead of it being a big boardroom table and bombastic slamming of arms and big noisy lawyer types, it's it's like a way to get through what can be quite a Everyday person's really stressful situation by putting yourself in the best position possible to make the decision or, or have that moment play out, isn't it? Because by rehearsing it, you're getting the best chance ever to get the outcome that you want without the personality traits or the emotions that you might feel in a difficult situation getting in the way because you've rehearsed for how you might respond.
1: Yeah. And I think, again, this is a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. We're, we're <laughs> talking a lot about like human nature and stuff, but that's also, I think, what makes it so interesting is it taps into like, I think quite a universal theme, but some of the comedy, I guess, comes from the spiraling, ambitious, like crazy ways that the rehearsals go because part of the rehearsal is thinking about all the possible outcomes. And when you think about all the possible outcomes, it turns out there are millions and millions of outcomes and they can escalate and the stakes can get crazy. And yeah, I guess some of the humor and insanity of the show is that they have the resources and the actors and the time and everything to sort of explore all the possible ways that this rehearsal could go
0: but one thing I liked certainly from that first episode was almost like when you play out one of the worst case scenarios he almost prepared the guy for the worst case scenario of what could happen and when it didn't happen you could see the relief on this guy you know what I mean because like part of showing you or preparing you for the worst case scenario because you can go lots of people go down a rabbit hole with anxiety or worrying about outcomes don't you and it was almost saying by preparing for it or prepping for it it almost the guy was almost dealing with it in case it did happen and then of course when it didn't he was so much more relaxed and handled it all so much better so it was almost just giving everybody a chance to have a dress rehearsal a dry run on a difficult situation wouldn't it be amazing to have a dress rehearsal on a really important job interview or I remember feeling really nervous on my wedding day would have loved to have had a dress rehearsal on that day (laughs) because you would have been like oh my god it's not that stressful yeah but like you know just big moments in life or just everyday important moments they don't have to be these big life-changing moments but they can be big for you Um, And wouldn't it be nice to have a a dry run through?
1: (laughs) I'm not a psychologist. I'm sure there is a word for like the practice of thinking about the worst possible outcomes. And then, of course, if you're ever nervous about something and someone's like, what's the worst that could happen in your mind, even the worst thing that could happen usually isn't that bad. So this show is giving you the opportunity to actually almost experience the worst thing that could happen, because then when it does come to happen in real life, you're prepared and it's usually fine. For people who have watched Nathan for you and the show over the course of its couple of seasons really did sort of spiral out into this like much bigger concept. Nathan Few was kind of about small businesses and this is about like the sort of life decisions or life moments. This series also sort of spirals out of control over the, obviously without any spoilers, over the first few eps, things start to spiral, including Nathan's life and the participants that he's working with. So there's this really interesting like almost subplot that runs through the first few episodes and you kind of, again, don't know where it's going and again because of how ambitious and sort of crazy the show is it's like just very compelling television the other sort of comparison that i started to have myself feeling like i was watching a little bit was the truman show Mm. because of the way that they completely recreated people's apartments and um, houses and like the pub that they were going to go to to meet this person to have this conversation in. And I started to get this like almost sort of creepy Truman show feeling that your life was a television show. In this case, these people's lives literally were becoming TV shows and their apartments were getting built into sets. And yeah, it's just
0: weird, isn't it? Because like one guy is so anxious about this conversation that And he's at a trivia game as he's doing it and he takes his trivia really seriously. So even that was interesting insight into this man. But in order to be on his right game and have the right frame of mind to have this conversation, yeah, Nathan kind of geared him up to get the trivia right so that he was in the right frame of mind to even have the conversation. So it's a really interesting insight into humans and psychology and the brain and what makes people nervous and what you need to have go your way in order to have in a rehearsal situation, have it go right. So yeah, I just—it's really interesting. It's compelling. I was just play the next one, play the next one. So but
1: who knows what it costs, but it just feels like a fifty million dollar like social experiment to mm. like see how people react in situations. And yeah, I love it, and I can't wait to see where the series goes.
0: And if you love Louis Theroux and you love that kind of exploration into human beings by going into their yeah, just spending time with people. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Louis Theroux is a great reference, actually. It's like a comedic. Louis Theroux, Truman Show, Nathan for you thing. <laughs> and if that doesn't sell it, like I don't know what. we're Well, doing. <laughs> instead
0: of Louis Theroux doing a documentary and following someone in the street, he basically recreates their life on a set to help them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, plan can, out their reality. I can almost see. I can see Louis Theroux doing that. But Same, Nathan, actually,
0: there you go. you go. Nathan
1: Fielder got there first, guys. So, <laughs> so the rehearsal starts uh, Saturday, July sixteenth, and then new episodes weekly. Enjoy six episode run. So awesome. Yeah.
0: This is all sort of absurd.
1: Keep them crying, don't let (laughs) up. I've got to tell you something.
0: I don't want to talk to you again. Do
1: you find it's been healthy for you, here? Mm. There's trouble in paradise in the new British thriller The Holiday, which follows a group of friends vacationing in France and the looming tensions of secrets unravelling in an idyllic location.
0: This holiday has officially started all the messages. Are you sleeping with her? Jake, as you know, has issues. You could have killed someone.
1: Ali, I think there's like at least one affair happening, maybe a murder, some sort of arson. It's a fun, like soapy romp.
0: The season worth of EastEnders storylines packed into a week in a French villa. Yeah. (laughs) What I loved about this is you're on holiday, you're seeing them somewhere nice. You know, it's often what you do or you dream of doing, you know, go away somewhere nice by the beach, go with friends, take a big house. So four families all kind of roll into this very lovely villa somewhere exotic on the coast. Um, And, yeah, they've all got children and husbands and, and different backstories, don't they? And they all kind of arrive at this house. And then over the course of the week holiday, yeah, stuff starts to go down. And what's interesting about the drama is, there's teenagers, so two of the families have got kind of older, you know, 17, 18 year old kind of teenagers, which bring a lot of the problems and twists, but also that sense of people at different stages of their life and their marriage, where maybe relationships aren't going so well. So there is a lot of um, it kind of flashes forward at the beginning to something. That happens later on. And that kind of sets the framework at the beginning of all these bedroom romps, snippets, some fire snippets, some murder snippets, and then you're kind of waiting for how it plays out. And of course, it doesn't play out how you think. They're very good at setting you up to go, this is what's happening. And there's twists. So if you like a good beach read, imagine a really good novel that you pick up at the airport and you read when you're on holiday and you turn it into a TV show. This is it.
1: It is based on a book. For those that are familiar, it's by T.M. Logan. It's called, also called The Holiday. There's this tension that runs through the whole thing, which is like, I love the tension, but on such like a beautiful location. And it happens from like even one of the first scenes where they're talking about who's going to pay for the villa. Mm. And you're just like, oh my God. As soon as they started talking about, oh, don't worry, we'll sort it out at the end. You're like, oh, there's like yeah. some backstory here. There's some tension. And What I also think is interesting about the dynamic is like, obviously we've all been on like family holidays with other families and stuff, but there's always like a sort of attention of you're putting on the front.
0: And one thing I couldn't get over when I was watching it was there's all these really important conversations that clearly need to be happening between parents and children, husbands and wives, best friends and best friends. And yet I'm like, people, hurry up and have this chat. Like how do they go five days without saying something that was right on the tip of their tongue? So, yeah, you're right in the way that builds the tension as the week plays out. And 4 Eps, really easy binge. Um, some familiar British faces. This was a drama made for Channel 5 in the UK. Uh,
1: do you remember a show a few years ago, Ali, called Tangle? Because I was getting Tangle vibes when I was watching this, yeah. like with families and kids and mystery. and
0: Yeah, and a bit more soapy. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. So like soapy in a good way, in the way that like Mad Men was soapy, but just like keep throwing curveballs at you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All four episodes of the holiday are streaming for you now on binge.
0: My dad! It was an accident, liar. we at the time in the podcast where we talk about dinner party recommendations. I've been a germ ball, so I haven't had any dinner parties recently. But if we were at a dinner party and you were telling me what to watch, John, what is on your recommendation list this week on Binge?
1: A show that I have been catching up on recently because it's about to return is What We Do in the Shadows.
0: Ah, vampires that are funny.
1: Yes. So this is about to start its fourth season. So yeah, for those who aren't familiar, this is based on a film of the same name that was by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. It's got an amazing cast, including Matt Berry, if people are familiar with him from any number of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's also recently been renewed for its fifth and sixth season. So it's not going away. Um, the seasons are about 10 half hours each so far. So, thankfully, I was able to sort of catch up pretty quickly. And I'm very, very excited for season four. Maybe I haven't sold the show well enough. It's very funny, is the point I'm trying to make. Like, they <laughs> yeah, live in a big
0: townhouse in America. To explain it
1: yeah so they live in this townhouse <laughs> um they're like overlord comes to visit them who's been you know asleep or something for hundreds of years and he's like oh have you conquered america mm. your job was to conquer america and they're like no we haven't conquered america and it's like <laughs> well have you have you conquered where you live and it's like no we haven't conquered staten island Uh, and despite the vampires i would say the humor is probably most closely aligned to like the office and parks and rec and dirty rock mm. and community like those kind of vibes so despite the fact that it is this obviously sort of supernatural thing. It's actually, yeah, I would say it sits really comfortably next to those sort of sitcoms. So if that's your kind of humor, I would say absolutely check out what we do in the shadows. And of of course, if you're already watching what we do in the shadows, Season four has just started. You're so, in the cool
0: club. It's one of those yeah. cool culty comedies,
1: isn't it? Give it a and, go.
0: It's, it's about roommates. At the end of the day, you forget yeah, yeah. that they're funny. They're vampires. just roommates
1: <laughs> li- living their lives trying to conquer America. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would point point out, just in the whole like culty, cool comedy vibe, is that one of the executive producers, obviously besides Jermaine Clement and Tucker Waititi. Just
0: a few names then. Yeah, yeah. Just,
1: just those guys. The other sort of main writer is Paul Sims, who worked on the Larry Sanders show, mm-hmm. created news radio. Worked worked on Divorce in Atlanta and just like a string of hits like amazing talent on and off screen what we do in the shadows get into it
0: awesome great recommendation John what have the dark lord wrought this is the big opening of our
1: nightclub we want the drinks to be very expensive so then we attract rich humans rich humans are basically like veal conceptually repulsive but so buttery on my
0: tongue I'm going to go from vampires to
1: <laughs> <I don't> know, <laughs> a, different kind, a different kind of fantasy
0: or sci-fi. I don't know. Yeah. We have fast tracked something this week from the Discovery Network in America who have made a very, 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 very compelling documentary about the Trumps. And this is called Trump Unprecedented and it has three episodes and they're, all three episodes are streaming now on binge. So it's nearly two hours if you kind of watch it all. And effectively, it's not kind of a news approach to somebody covering Trump for whatever reason the Trump family agreed to let a documentary filmmaker an English guy called Alex Holder um, unprecedented access hence Trump unprecedented I would imagine unprecedented access unprecedented outcomes unprecedented things unprecedented
1: presidencies
0: yeah but interestingly he was covering them during the final stages of the campaign trial, the election. You had this really interesting documentary, but the reason you might've heard about this documentary is because of the access this guy had, because he didn't just have it to the Trumps. He had it to Mike Pence. He was all over Capitol Hill. The vision from this documentary has been subpoenaed for the January 6th committee, which is a US government, I think Senate committee that's investigating what happened on Capitol Hill on January 6th when they had the riots. And because This filmmaker, Alex Holder, was in and amongst it. He has vision of the Trump family talking about what happened on January 6th and a bit of an insight into their point of view on it, plus some really interesting things that were happening all around it. So there's a lot of noise about this documentary right now because of that January 6th element and the fact that this is such an interesting documentary that it is now being watched by that Senate committee as they look to better understand what was happening that led to that moment in time. So very interesting historical documentary. I think if you're anti-Trump, you might watch this and go, okay, I've had some more insight to what this person is and I'm hearing directly from his mouth and the family's mouth what they think. I think if you're pro-Trump, you hear them talking and he sits down and hear a direct interview with him, which often we don't hear or different news services around the world. You often get point of view on the news presented differently, don't you? But what's interesting about this is you're hearing it straight from them. Fly on the wall, sit down interviews so you can make up your own mind about what you think was going on in America
1: last year the access is incredible and whenever a high profile person gives a documentary filmmaker this much access it's fascinating because obviously they agree to it and you get that first person as if you're in the room with them access but then you also are watching it and be like why would you ever agree to this? I just, I can't imagine. They
0: make a point, don't they, at the beginning saying the Trump family had no say on the editorial. Like, it's not a Trump mouthpiece. This is an independent documentary filmmaker showing you his access and his point of view.
1: Yeah, incredible access, crazy moments that they've captured. You've seen the like news version of it or you saw it on the news and now you're seeing what mm. was happening behind behind closed doors at the time. One of the reviews I read compared it a little bit to Succession and you do watch this and you hear the way they Also
0: streaming now also on HBO. Um
1: and you hear the way the family talks about who's the favorite Child and who would you know? Who's gonna take over the dynasty? And
0: I don't think it's Eric. You know, it, I think it oscillates between
1: Eric's a real cousin you know, Greg in this. If you want, <laughs> Shiv, Shiv is definitely Ivanka.
0: And I thought Ivanka was the favorite, but then she's kind of out of favor now, isn't she? Anyway, but um, watch it for yourself, people. Make your own opinion. This is not it's not a point of view being forced down your throats. It really allows you to be a fly on the wall and insight into a historical moment in America and. See for yourself what you think.
1: Yeah. And I think it's going to keep making noise. So, um, noise and news. So yeah, definitely jump on it.
0: Three apps. Good binge, all that's now streaming. There was a Trump-appointed judge saying, just because you want an election to turn out this way doesn't mean that that's what actually happened. I think I treat people well, unless they don't treat me well, in which case you go to war. Let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue.
1: There's no doubt that he would decide that this had been a rigged election.
0: This is a fraud on the American public.
1: This week on Skip Injury, we discussed the rehearsal, we discussed the holiday, I suggested that you catch up on what we do in the shadows um, as season four has just started and Ali recommended Trump Unprecedented, all of which are now streaming for you on Binge. My name is John Baum, joined every week by Ali. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we're back next week with more Skip Intro.